Hello everyone, my name is Malki Asad and welcome to my YouTube channel. Through this channel, I cover different topics related to residency, the match, and conduction of research studies. In the next few episodes, we'll be covering the pathway to medical residency in Canada. In the first episode, we'll talk about the requirements for applying to the Canadian match. In the second episode, we'll talk about the match process and the interview cycle. And in the third episode, we'll go over a successful match story into internal medicine in Canada. I'm very delighted to have a dear colleague of mine, Ropin Odepashian. Me and Ropin went to the same medical school together, and through his hard work and dedication, he successfully matched at the University of Ottawa, and now he's pursuing his first year of postgraduate training. So welcome, Ropin, to the channel. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So I will start by asking about the requirements for applying to the Canadian match. As a foreign grad coming from a school outside Canada, what do I need to apply to Canadian match? So like uh, there are multiple uh, different steps. Um, just uh, as uh, like to mention, first, you have to have a permanent resident card or to be a citizen. Uh, you can't just like uh, come here as a visitor, like what happens in the US and apply to the match. So you have to have some kind of permanent residency which like equals to the green card in the US or like to be a citizen. So this is the first requirement. The second requirement is writing the exams. And there are different exams that we will talk about. And the third requirement is doing observerships slash or electives uh, and getting letters of reference. So those are the three main components, speaking broadly, that will help you to submit your application to the residency program. That's very surprising to me to know that in order to apply the match, you need to be a permanent resident slash citizen, which is a big difference from the US match. Yeah, it's a huge difference actually. And that's why like we find a huge difference also in the numbers, if we compare the numbers uh, in the US uh, versus Canada. Uh, there are other pathways where people who are sponsored by their governments come and study here and they continue their education. They, you, they do like uh, several years and, uh, but like I'm not really familiar with that pathway. So I really can't talk about it. But if you go to the CARMS website, uh, which is the website like for the match process, uh, they usually require you to be a permanent resident and or Canadian citizen. And you're gonna submit that into your application. I see, that's interesting. So let's talk, start by talking about the examinations required for, for applying to the match. Can you go us through the different exams that I need to do in order to apply? Yeah, sure, like there are uh, different exams. Uh, first, it's called like, we have the Medical Council of Canada qualifying exam, part one. And there is, part two, but it's not required to apply. And then you have the National Assessment Collaboration Objective Structured Clinical Exam or the NAC-OSCE. And those are the two main exams, medical ones, that help you to apply to residency. And the third one is the IELTS exam, the International Language Testing System exam, uh, which also is one of the required but based on the program you apply to 
and based on your high school whether it was it was like or like your education it was in english or uh, other languages like you can do other english equivalency exams or you can skip those as well as i mentioned earlier like every program have their own uh, criteria for the language but also to keep in mind if you are coming from a non-english speaking country so you have to write an english equivalency exam i see but uh, so the two the first two medical exams even canadian graduates need to take these exams before they apply uh, the actually no the NAC OSCE exam it's mainly for IMGs that means international medical graduates or the foreign medical graduates for the MCCQE one to be honest I'm not that sure but it's one of the exams that they usually write I think during the end of their med school but I'm not really familiar with that okay so let's start by talking about the first medical exam how many questions it is how long it is what is the materials covered during that exam and what is the equivalent of that in the u.s match so the first exam it's um, a written exam it's the medical council of canada qualifying exam uh, afterwards i'm just going to say the mccqe part one so this exam is mainly uh two parts first uh in the morning you go there uh, you have four hours from eight to twelve let's say for example and you have 210 uh, MCQs, multiple choice questions uh, with uh, different um, choices. So like, let's say you have a 25 year old female presented with X, Y, and Z. She has the specific labs and she has the following findings on physical exam. What is the diagnosis? What is the best next step? What is the treatment? What is the management? What is the pathophysiology? So like it's the part one is more similar to the step two CK in the US. Um, the second part, which you write it in the afternoon, uh, it's 38 cases. And uh, there are uh, different, um, sorry, I think it was like around seven cases. It was, yeah, I think it was, yeah, uh, it was, uh, 38 cases and it's around three and a half hours and uh, you have multiple questions on each case uh, so they mainly present you with a case and they present you with different choices so for an example you have like a 65 year old male who presents with shortness of breath uh, that gets worse during lying flat, they present something, let's say, similar to heart failure, and they say, which one of the following tests you will order, and they present like 20 tests, and you're gonna choose two or three or four, based on the steam and based on the, uh, the clinical case you are seeing. So the second part is called the clinical decision-making part, because you are making clinical decision. It's similar more to real life, well, you have all the exams in the hospital, but you have to choose which one to order, which imaging test to order, and which question to ask to become more efficient. It's more similar to the USMLE Step 3 exam, the second part of the USMLE Step 3, uh, where also like the, 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 both exams have some similarities. Uh, so those are the main two parts. Uh, just to mention that the MCQ part, it has some piled questions, and the clinical decision-making, the CDM part, also has some pilot question. 
something to keep in the background of our mind when we are taking the test. Um, and uh, I think that's it. So if we talk about the exam broadly, then we go to the topics. So they usually cover uh, different aspects of medicine, internal medicine, OBGYN, uh, pediatrics. Uh, but over the years, I heard that there is a lot of emphasis on the ethics and what would you do in different situations uh, and how would you uh, judge uh, and they, they, they usually like ask you, they present you with a more like an ethical scenario and ask you, what would you do? And, or what would you say? Uh, here in Canada, they, we really like make sure uh, to ask more like ethical questions and see how would you act in different situations and how you treat patients, which is like, there's a lot of emphasis on that part, uh, as I'm going to speak as well about the NAC OSCE exam. That's interesting. So I, from what I understand, the first half of the exam is more of MCQ questions. You have one choice per question, but the second mm -hmm. is more of a clinical scenario where you can choose multiple questions, multiple answers, and correct the case through multiple steps of the diagnosis yes. treatment. Correct. What is the average of the scores? How many questions are there? And what is the full score? What is the minimum score? What is the best? Oh. All this kind of information. Mm -hmm. That's a good question, actually. Um, during the recent years, we've seen uh, a huge change in the exam system here in Canada. So now, at this point, uh, the, uh, the scoring uh, system ranges from 100 to 400 points, and the passing score is 226. The mean is 250, with a standard deviation of 30. Uh, uh, like ju just like obviously as high as you score the better chances you will have in the future in your application But this is something that we will talk about in the next episodes. That's interesting. What about the second exam? Can you please go through the second exam? What does it cover and the scores? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the second exam it's a national assessment collaboration exam the NAP OSCE, which uh, Really, it's one of the exams that has a huge a part in the scale uh, here in Canada. Uh, so it's, it's similar to the CS in a way where you are doing physical exam, but um, it's heavier. Uh, the, the content of the exam is uh, slightly trickier. You have to do more things in a shorter period of time. So speaking broadly, uh, it's mainly like you have 12 stations where you have in each station a standardized patient and an examiner in the room. So you go, you see an examiner sitting in the room, you, uh, and also you see a patient, which is different from the CS exam in the US, where you go to the room and you only see the patient. Yeah, uh, so that's a huge difference, which some people might find that really like stressful to be under, like, under spot and to be questioned. Uh, this is uh, one of the differences and each stations, two are pilot and 10 are scored. Um, each station is around 11 minutes and you have different types of stations. So you might be asked in the next eight minutes, please take history and do a physical exam. And there will be post encounter questions. 
So you go there, you have eight minutes. You take history, you do focused physical exam. At eight minutes, the bell will ring. You have three minutes with the examiner directly asking you specific questions about the case. For example, what's your diagnosis? What's your management? What do you think is going on? And you're going to take the examiner uh, through your thinking process and you're going to answer him. Uh, this is one of the types of the station. The second type of station, it could be, please in the next eight minutes, take history and there will be post-encounter questions. So eight minutes, you take history, three minutes, post-encounter question with the examiner. The third type of stations are the counseling stations where like uh, in the next eight minutes, you have a patient presented with uh, X problem and please go and counsel the patient where you just go and you counsel the patient, the examiner will score you based on your interaction with the patient. Uh, there might be or might not be post-encounter questions. But when you finish at 11 minutes, you leave the room. Unlike the CS, you don't go to a computer and you type in a note. You don't do that here. You just move on to the next station, which is one of the differences that we see when compared to the US, you just, in the US, like you have 15 minutes, you leave the room, 10 minutes to write a note. No, here like you have 11 minutes with the patient and the examiner and where they test your interaction with the patient and they test uh, your language skills, your eye contact and many different aspects and how you examine the patient and how you are able to answer the questions and synthesize the clinical information that are given to you during the encounter. So this is one of the differences that we see. The second difference is the emphasis and the huge scale, uh, the huge part of the exam in the scale. So um, the NAG-OSCE exam is one of the most important exams uh, for people applying uh, for medical residency here in Canada. Uh, here in Canada, like uh, there is a huge emphasis on how we interact with the patients and what kind of focused physical exam we do and what kind of questions we ask. Uh, I, like, uh, I feel like this is slightly different when compared to the practice in the US where like uh, it's, you can order more exams and you can, or in real life I'm talking, you can order more tests and more exams. Here we like to do more focus history and focus tests and to use uh, resources more efficiently and like being wise. Uh, I'm not saying like in the US, it's not uh, synthesized in uh, like non-wise situation, but like here, because like we don't have insurance companies and we have like one peer in the system. So they like you to be really focused in your history and in your physical and your labs. I see. So the two main differences is that the Canadian one is scored, unlike the mm -hmm. one which is pass or fail. The yes, is placed on the Canadian one, while in the US, if you pass, that's fine. If not, correct. That's a problem, but you just pass. So there's a big difference in that aspect. Yes, the yes. Aspect is writing the the exam note after you leave the the room. You in the US one, you correct. Have you just write what you found, differential and treatment plan. But in the Canadian one, you talk to an examiner. Exactly, you're being tested in the room. I see. What is the average score for that exam and what is the passing rate? Mm -hmm. uh, actually, it's changed in the last year. So now the score ranges, I think, between one, 
200 to 500. Um, I'm not sure about the passing and the mean score, uh, but as I remember, it was around like 390s for the passing. Um, and then like you have the median, I think it was 425. Uh, and like the complete 100 percentile score is like the 500. Wow, that's pretty high. The median is kind of close to the full score. Yeah, yeah, actually. For I wanted to ask you if there are available materials that is kind of considered the gold standard for preparing for these two exams. You know, in the US, they have the first aid for step one. You all yeah. for step two, they have you all again. For CS, they have some various resources mm -hmm. and other books. Are there available resources for these two exams in Canada? There are resources available here in exam, but different people use different resources. I feel like in the US, uh, like it's, it's more, uh, well, people usually agree, like you have in the you have the first aid, like this is a Bible, like it should be written uh, in the, for the, let's say the step one. And for the step two, like you have the U word, like this should be done like 100%. Here in Canada, it's not like that. Different people have different resources. Some people use Toronto notes. Some people use uh, like um, different question banks. Uh, other people might take private courses. Uh, it depends on the exam and it depends on the available resources. Also, if you go to the Medical Council of Canada, they have also resources in their uh, webpage. Uh, but like this is a completely like a different topic and uh, like this requires a one episode by itself. But yes, there are resources and uh, but it's different. It's, uh, it's variable when compared to the US. I see. We'll go over the resources you studied in our mm -hmm. sure. experience. Yeah, that would be my pleasure. Indicate specific episodes for the resources for each exam. Yeah, yeah, that would be helpful. So what about the other exams other than the, the NAC, OSCE and the MCCQE one? So the third exam, it's the language. So if you, let's say you done your medical training or like your medical school in Europe or like in a place where you were taught medicine in English, so you don't need to write an English equivalency exam. But let's say, like for example, my situation, I did my med school in Syria, in Aleppo, and we are taught in Arabic. So I had to write an English equivalency exam. I had to write the IELTS, but like there are, diff based on the programs, based on the province, there are different criteria for accepted exams. And uh, some people who they like, they might do their medical training in non-English university, but they studied high school uh, in English and they were here for high school or undergrad. So they can uh, they can say that to the program and they can submit a document certifying that they did uh, their undergrad or high school in English, so they don't need to write the equivalence exam. So speaking broadly, the general exams are the MCCQE1, the NAC OSCE, and the plus or minus the English test. But, uh, sorry I'm interrupting you, but like uh, this is a point I feel like it's important to mention. We have also province-specific exams, where like, for an example, the province of British Columbia, they have like the CAP exam, uh, the clinical assessment program, I think. Uh, Alberta have their own exam. Um, sometimes 
some programs in a specific province may ask you to write a, a specific exams, like it, one of them is called the CASPER exam, where it's more like an ethical uh, exam. So you have to read uh, between the lines, you have to read actually, you don't have to read between the lines, sorry for that, like you have to read each program what exams they are asking you to write. I see. So that makes the process even more complicated to have a specific exam for each program. Yeah, 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 it is. And I'll, is it correct if I say that the topics covered by these various exams related to each province or program are similar to the MCC QE1, the step two CK slash step three? And are we talking about the specific exams? Uh, the ones that are related to each province and each program. Um, it depends actually. So like uh, when I was applying to residency, uh, when I applied, I went to uh, Vancouver and I wrote like DCAP exam. And it was really like a medical exam. It was, uh, but it was in a sense different where like we had an examiner and the examiner asked us clinical questions and they tested our thinking process. So like there wasn't a patient in a room, it was like 12 situations. 12 stations, you go and you meet an examiner and they test you. Mm -hmm. Or so like, exam. yeah, it was medical. Oh, but, but it's not written. It, it, it wasn't written, it was oral. Wow. But on the other hand, uh, I also like wrote the CASPER exam. I believe it was for like applying for the province, uh, sorry, applying to Manitoba. And it was really more ethical and even non-medical. They present you with cases um, like an ethical dilemma that might happen in life. Uh, uh, like one of your friends need help and like you have money or you don't have money or like your friend have a problem in, uh, like it, it's more like an ethical issue that you face in real life and it's not medical and they test your ethical judgment. That's interesting because, as you know, residents encounter these kind of situations because they're re residing in the hospital and you have to deal sometimes with situations that are not, not medical. So I think it makes sense to test these kind of abilities. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, it, it is. It is actually. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you, is there a limit for the IELTS through the different writing, speaking, listening and reading? Yes, uh, actually, uh, they require like to score seven, seven, seven reading, writing, and speaking. Uh, but some, I'm not sure if like uh, I think it's seven, but, like it's unified the score across uh, Canada for the IELTS. I see, and the, I assume for the French-speaking provinces, they they require French examination. Actually, yes. So the, for French-speaking uh, provinces, they have their. Uh, French uh, test exam. Uh, I think for University of McGill, they have a specific program or specific way uh, where you apply to the university uh, outside of CARMS, uh, where you don't need to write a French language test, but I don't really have enough details about that. So the bottom line is that you have to check almost every single program and check their right. Exactly, exactly. You have. Uh, to check every program, every province. Okay, so that wraps up the examination part. I just want to touch lightly on the other requirements for the match. Here in the US, if you apply, there are other factors that can help your application but are not required, for example, research, clinical experience. In the mm. But there are 
things that are required. You need to have three letters of recommendation from someone, from a doctor, from a physician, Correct. for you to apply to a program. Preferably, these should be from somebody in the US, but you can get them from somewhere else. Are there a limit, a, number, a specific number for the number of letters or the clinical experience in Canada or not? Actually, yes, that's uh, also like one of the requirements to apply. Uh, it's one of the mandatory things that you have, you have to have like some sort of Canadian experience uh, to do like an observership slash elective um, in a university or in a clinic and to get letter of reference. Uh, they can, they usually, they, they might accept like, I've heard in some cases where they accepted like a letter of reference from outside Canada, but of course, it's always preferred to have a Canadian experience written from Canadian physicians. Um, usually ask for three, but also it depends on the program. Some programs might ask for four, uh, but in general, broadly speaking, it's three. And uh, if you submit the fourth, they, they might not even look at it. So letters of reference are important as well. Uh, you could uh, get them through observerships or elective, like this is a, also another topic that we can talk about. And the last thing is the extracurricular things, like they are not required, but of course, like they will boost your application and they will make you shine among other uh, candidates, like uh, research, volunteering in the community, leadership roles, uh, 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 making a difference in the place where you live, uh, having interesting background story, so those are small minor things that help to boost the overall application, but they are not mandatory. I see. I agree with you that these are very important aspects of your application because it's mm -hmm. apart from the hundreds of other applicants. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So in summary, I understand that there are two required medical exams. The language depends on where you went for high school or college, how you studied medicine and the various specific examinations for each state or for each province sorry, and each program. Correct. Yes. I have three letters of recommendation with some clinical experience in Canada. Yes. Thank you so much, Chopin. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. That Thank you so much. I appreciate it having me. That wraps up our discussion for the first episode. In the next episode, we'll talk about the match process, how each of the factors we talked about play a role in getting you a residency. So thank you so much for watching. If you like this episode, please subscribe to my channel and follow me on Instagram and Twitter. See you in the next episode. Thanks for having me.